everybody. Welcome to episode 310 of the Bite Me Podcast. If you listened to last week's episode, um, you probably heard me say that was episode 308, and you're probably wondering what happened to 309. Um, the funny answer is that 307, 308, 309, I think. Um, <clears throat> the actual answer is that I just labeled two podcasts 308, so... I don't know, work it out in your head. This can be 309, it can be 310, it really can be whatever you want it to be. Like, it can be 7, I guess, if that's if that's what you want. My guess is this episode will actually we, be better than actual episode 7. Are we rebooting <coughs> the reboot? Dude, that's a great idea. Bite me podcast. One. Like, we'll episode, just name it the yeah, same thing. Yeah, one. Yeah, yeah that's a great idea. It. I love that. It's like, oh, that's a great idea, Dylan. We should yeah. do that. Uh, Dylan's here. Say hey, Dylan. Hey, Dylan. Thank you for following directions, Dylan. I, that was fantastic. Yeah, I can, if there's one thing I can do. <laughs> Colby can't follow directions, can you? Nope. I didn't think so. He's a he's a rebel. He's a uh, miscreant? A malcontent? Mm. Always a bunch of bunch of two dollar words anyway <clears throat> we're gonna talk about video games today there's actually not much news we're in that kind of like hey it's almost christmas yeah. time lull uh so well, you know that's that's fine though we'll uh we'll we'll make you know we'll we'll make do with what we have uh we played some games we'll talk about those uh we're going to talk about microsoft raising first party game prices we're going to talk about uh callisto protocol and it's uh it's performance issues. Like it, it has some performance issues. Uh, Microsoft compares Sony to Blockbuster and kind of compares them to Netflix, but then is really it's a it's a weird it's a weird quote. I'm excited to read it to you. Uh, Three hundred QA workers unionize at Zenimax, which is good news for uh, <clears throat> probably everybody everywhere that makes video games. Uh, and you won't guess what engine the, this Lord of the Ring game uses. We might we might do like a twenty questions <coughs> round around that. Maybe We've got a handful of uh, got a handful. I guess you guys actually already know because you can read it right there in the in the URL. I well, could. That's all right. I could read it. <coughs> yeah, it's right. like I'm looking at the doc. <laughs> we got a, a couple of questions, one from Monotone Screaming, one from Prime Fan, and one from my delightful wife, Brooke. Uh, and then we're going to talk about some cheap free games. It's uh, it's a good part of the month, so there's a bunch of them. So that'll that'll kind of round out the podcast. But let's start out with what we have been playing. Dylan, you want to talk about Pokemon? Yeah, I'll talk about it a little bit. I still haven't, like, I don't know, like, how much I have to play to really give too much insight. Um, I don't think I'm quite there yet. Um, but I did play quite a bit more than I had before. Um, it's kind of interesting. Uh, this game's quite a bit more sandboxy than I would say previous Pokemon titles. Um, I don't know if that's a good thing. Um, cause like I find myself, um, kind of like going to the next area I choose or whatever and I'm either like way over leveled because it was like somewhere that I might have already should have gone but it's not really clear like which order is um I guess best to do anything in um which I guess is kind of 
strange. I guess just compared to the way that you used to kind of pretty linearly run around the um, maps, and it was in a pretty specific order, and you'd go through the eight gyms kind of in order, and you would kind of progress level-wise, and then each gym you can have higher-level Pokemon that will listen to you. Basically increases like the level caps. You just can't like have your friends trade you level hundred Pokemon at the beginning of the game and then just cruise through, right? Um, but in this, like, I actually found myself like because I kind of did something out of order, I guess. Even though it, it is nice, you can actually, um, which is kind of a feature that would be cool in other games, is you can go to the Pokemon Center and be like, "What should I do next?" And the the lady at the Pokemon Center is like, "I think you should go do this," which is kind of cool. Um, that there's just a place where you can just... I like that a lot. And it literally will put a waypoint on your map of what you should do next. Um, also like Which that is kind of nice when you kind of just forget what you're doing or you're kind of like find yourself like, where am I going? Um, but this game really needs that, I think, because it, it is kind of like there's just a bunch of gyms and other events on your map that you can kind of do in any order. Kind of like, I guess, Breath of the Wild is just like, here's a map and there's a couple things on it and go figure it out, right? It's kind of really similar in that in that way. Um, but I actually found myself like having Pokemon that won't listen to me because I've leveled them too high and I haven't actually gone to the gym that allows me to have level 30 Pokemon yet or whatever. Um, so I kind of got in this weird like uh, conundrum there. Uh, and then I ended up going to a different gym and then my Pokemon were twice the level of that gyms. And I was just like, this is kind of weird. Could this be handled like could they just scale it so like wherever yeah. I am it seems like it'd be a really simple simple way to do um also being Pokemon's kind of there is like competitive play Pokemon but I'm I'm sure the overwhelming number of people that play Pokemon are not competitive at all which I think kind of leads to the game just being relatively easy especially if you just have a basic understanding of like the type advantages and resistances like if you think very little about it at all the game will generally be very easy to just plow through um in the way of like you can beat an entire gym with one decent Pokemon um, against their entire squad. Um, it really is that uh, easy, I'd say, in most cases. Um, at least in my experience playing most of the Pokemon games, at least a little bit along the way. Um, and it just it, it just seems like maybe scaling is something at this point that, that could have been implemented. I don't know. Um, just to not have that happen it was kind of weird like i went to this and it was like i don't know it was like the third gym i went to and like i think the pokemon might have even been less leveled than the other ones the second gym, i don't remember i'd have to like i would have had to have paid more attention to notice um but i was just way overpowered and like it's not like i had really done that much in the game um up until that point um i don't know it's just kind of weird um other than that, I don't know if I have too much um, to say yet, other than I haven't really found too many Pokemon that I'm really jonesed about having in my little uh, party of Pokemons. Um, there's some pretty cool designs. There's some kind of strange ones, because I think I looked it up. There's like 1,008 Pokemon now, and I guess at that point, you, uh, you kind of run out of ideas. Um, 
And I to, think to me when they had a Pokemon that was like an ice cream. Yeah, cone, that's I'm kind like, of where ah. I drew the line. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, me and my buddy were talking about it the other day. It's like hey, vanilla ice is a great Pokemon, Cliff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, I would like my Pokemon. They don't necessarily have to be like animal like, but I feel like they should at least kind of seem like a living, breathing organism and not like like a candle right like a candle on a candle holder it's like i could imagine a pokemon that looks like a candle with like a little flame poking out of its head it's like i can okay that's cool but like it has a saucer and then like a candle and then like now it's like well that's like an inanimate object that's just been turned into it's just been like I don't know, breathe the life into by a wizard. Like, it just seems kind of weird. Um, I think no, I... Um, it was brought to life by a curse from a lady who came to the door and asked if they had, you know, she was sad and homeless and asked if they had, you know, some, some something they could give her. And the prince's son said no. And so she cursed them and he was turned into a horrible beast and that candlestick's just Lumiere. Yeah. I mean, exactly. Um, obviously, obviously. Anyway, yeah, that's kind of where I drew the draw draw the line on my my Pokemans. I guess is um, <laughs> when things are kind of weird inanimate objects. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like there's some good good new Pokemon though. They always come up with some good ones, but there's always some that I describe as kind of whack. But. Um, <laughs> Uh, that's whack. Yeah, it's like that's whack. Uh, that's a weird, weird design. Um, but overall, it's fun. It's three D. That's cool. Um, it's a it's a solid game so far. I think my favorite thing about Pokemon is that like I know what a Pokemon is. I know conceptually how they work. Like you catch them in Pokeballs. Mm. I, I know that there's a TV show. I know that, that Pokemon just say their name. Like, past that, I have no idea what you're even talking about. I'm like, I don't... Right. What, like, I know that gyms are a thing, but I don't understand why you take your Pokemon there. Is it, to, is it so they can get buff? Cockfighting, essentially. Yeah. <clears throat> well, it's like the, the gyms are... Yeah, it's kind of... It's weird. It's like it's like this weird... It's totally like a in-universe kind of thing. I guess it's kind of like, I don't know, you go you go to defeat the martial arts master at the different gyms and work your way up the ladder. Uh, like that's kind of what it is. Like, I guess. Yeah. Cockfighting. Um, but like you go and train, like, yeah, it's like you train at the gym, but like you go collect the badges and you've, you've got all your boy scout badges from all the gyms. And then you can go to the, the Pokemon league at the end and fight the elite four. Um, and some games have kind of done a little twist on this in the past that they're not, it's not so much about like the distinct gyms. Like the last one kind of did something a little differently, I think, if I'm not mistaken, or it was the generation before. I can't quite remember. Um, so do you just catch your Pokemon like out and about? I mean, is this like if I'm like, I'd like a deer Pokemon, I'm just like, I don't know, I'm going to go to the woods and find Yeah, one. I mean, pretty much. Um, you would go to the generally you're going to find Pokemon that would belong to a specific biome, right? Like you could go to the huh. desert, um, which is, I say is really cool about these newer iterations where you do actually see 
Pokemon in the overworld. Like, that was not at all how it was in the original games. You just wandered in tall grass and had a random oh, encounter with a Pokemon. You had no idea what it was. Now you actually see all of the Pokemon. So you can literally run up to them. The other cool thing that I do like is that you see little um, murders of Pokemon, because I'm going to use that as a group, because uh, murder of crows is the coolest group of animals. So a murder of Pokemon, right? Uh, Thank you for explaining uh, that, because otherwise <laughs> I'm like, wait, they're killing each other? <laughs> yeah, I just don't know what you would, like, do the individual yeah. Pokemon have different names for groups of them i don't know i gotta think right well, and i kind of think that it's probably like you have a pikachu of pikachus like they're right they, they probably don't have a better name right yeah maybe um but you'll actually see like a group of five pokemon and then it actually they might be surrounding like a one bigger of the evolution of that pokemon which is kind of cool to actually see like it's almost like you're in nature and kind of yeah. it does give it a little bit of a I don't know. You see a flock of little bird Pokemon. Like, that's kind of cool to me. Um, it, However, it does make the whole, like, running around the wild and just, like, beating down random Pokemon in the overworld kind of feel worse. Um, because it's just, like, you're just, like, beating them and knocking them out and they're just walking away, right? It, it, it creates those, like it raises all those questions about Pokemon that are kind of weird and strange. Like, <laughs> like we, it's basically cockfighting, right? Like it's basically, yeah. it's this really probably unethical practice, but within this context of this world, it's just normal. Um, but it totally is kind of weird that you go level up your Pokemon by just cruising around and just battering unwanting pokemon with yours um to make them stronger um which is totally weird um and is along the lines of like all the weird things that if you ask too many questions about pokemon you probably find way too many plot holes in the whole world but you kind of just ignore that because it's pretty cute and adorable and yeah, yeah, yeah. ultimately fun do, do pokemon eat other pokemon do people eat Pokemon? I don't think so because while it's pretty unclear in the the games themselves, if you, I believe, read the anime or maybe, uh, or sorry, read the manga or watch some of the original anime, animals do exist in Pokemon. Uh-huh. So Pokemon are not animals necessarily. Maybe they are. Um do animals eat Pokemon? Do I mean, Pokemon I would animals? I would guess predatory animals that would eat humans might eat Pokemon, but I don't think Pokemon are necessarily carnivorous. Maybe, maybe there are. I can't. I, I cannot like, confirm Growlithe that. Looks pretty. Um, you know. Why do they have teeth if they don't? <laughs> right. How long um, can you keep a Pokemon in a Pokeball, like safely? Right. Um, if, if, have you seen the the picture of Mr. Mime sitting on the floor? And like, he seems pretty sentient. Why are they making Mr. Mime eat out of like a dog food bowl? Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Again, you are asking all the the good the good hard hitting questions. I'm asking um, the wrong questions about Pokemon. <laughs> um, but I mean, yeah, it it is weird. And I guess if you do watch uh, Pokemon, for example, like some Pokemon don't want to be in their Pokeballs, right? And they have those personalities while the overwhelming majority just don't seem to mind for plot reasons. Um, Cause we can't just have 
got a guy running around with his six Pokemon just walking behind him all the time because it's probably a pain in the butt to animate. Um, uh, but like Pikachu, for example, won't go in his Pokeball, and that's he follows Ash around. Like that's part of the premise of the the TV show. So all so to answer Pikachu? your question, no, just or just Ash's that Pikachu, Pikachu. Yeah. just Ash's Pokemon are in fact carnivorous. Oh no. <laughs> Do they eat uh, other Pokemon? It, so, my number one favorite Pokemon of all time, Gorbis, is considered carnivorous and also cruel. Alpha Sapphire's Pokedex entry. Although Gorbis is very is the very picture of elegance and beauty while swimming, it is also cruel. When it spots prey, this Pokemon inserts its thin mouth into the prey's body and drains the prey of its body fluids. Oh, no. Yeah. I also no, love that no, if you no. read, like, Pokedex entries and stuff like that, you do find, like, you see crazy stuff like that um the the brief description they give of these these pokemon and stuff and i mean i would have to assume that like a barracuda pokemon eats fish right like it it right do you think they eat mill tanks i can't imagine people (laughs) eat poke there's i would i mean if you want to get into the the we eat cows the, the mature rated uh pokemon uh storyline i would guess there's probably some weird cult that like I... that like sacrifices and eats pokemon or something uh, i demand an m-rated pokemon game right um colby wants to see a dude like just nail a pikachu no, I said M rated. I mean, he, he can Did... see that online. I'm sure. I'm yeah. sure. <laughs> I didn't go to DeviantArt Cliff, <laughs> and he does every day. But hmm. I mean, like, I mean, milk tanks are cows. Right. Like, obviously, they milk them, which I mean is kind of weird. Like, I don't know. I don't know if it's any weirder than milking a cow. Yeah, but you like, get Muma milk from milk tanks. So yeah. So again, Cliff is just more and more confused the longer this conversation goes on. I I don't like this universe at all. (laughs) Um, Final question. (laughs) Um, Did you know that Pikachu is also genderless? Okay, so I actually have two questions. (laughs) So in in the show and in the like all the books that I've read, he is always referred and I just said he, but it's always referred to as like Pikachu or they. It's never gendered. Okay, so do do are other Pokemon's gendered? Yes. So so yeah, they you can, you can breed them. Oh, and there's there's, there's male and female like Ver- yeah. So you can ashes is never gendered. So you can breed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in the game within the game, yeah, you can make baby Pokemon's. Um, Perfect. But which interesting about that though is just I mean to give you more unnecessary pokemon lore for your hard drive um in the original 150 pokemon there was i believe only two pokemon that were actually gendered before they introduced that in the games and there was a male and female nidoran which would mm-hmm. respectively evolve into nidorino and nidorina and then into nido king and nido queen um so there was actually evolutions of the male and female versions that were like distinct whereas i can't remember if they i think it wasn't in the first round of pokemon game it might have been in gen 2 or gen 3 when they added the male and females and then the breeding pokemon gen 2 eggs. i because that was crystal and stuff yeah, i know at least you that, could do that. it was added pretty quick you'd have to quickly then, you'd have yeah. to breed them to get certain moves on on certain yeah. pokemon um and then they gendered 
they had male and female Pokemon that you could breed. And then, um, but those Pokemon do not have distinct chains of evolutions like the Nidoking King and the Nidoking Queen, where there is very distinct a male, like, Nidoking King and then the, the female Nidoking Queen that look distinctly different and are very different Pokemon. Otherwise, they just put and i think maybe there is different variations in them in the future on specific pokemon maybe but i don't i don't know if that's really yeah i don't um, know if like eevee or anything if they have any gendered yeah i don't know i don't so weird so off the top of my head i can't remember but again there's a thousand and eight pokemon so i'd have to like Uh you'd really have to go look um back uh jinx is another one jinx can only be female mr mine can can only only be be okay that's a good that's a good example because that did exist in the um 150 but silver um so they're original 150 but they're not specifically the same like nidoran female it literally is nidoran with the female the little little symbol next to its name which is interesting but mr mime and jinx are just two distinctly different pokemon but like you said in the when they did actually add um the genders they um you can only catch those ones um specifically so or whatever i think you had one more question i do, do you remember what it was? yeah i'm Nido hesitant King. to ask it's cute cool. um <clears throat> what, what's inside a pokeball i don't know it's so weird <laughs> loneliness yeah, I feel like I mean, that. Dark, I feel like that blackness. is the weirdest part of Pokemon altogether. Is that like they somehow like into these balls, and the the balls actually like shrink and grow too. Like they're like this big until you pull them out, and then they like I I don't know if you hit the button and they like grow like it gets bigger in your hand, but um um but uh I don't know like. Again, so you just you ask questions and there aren't yeah. really answers. I, I just like to think that there's some sort of like magical like it's like a field in there and they're all yeah. dancing around and having fun. They so according hibernate. to Yeah, like one like of, Brooke was just saying, it's like the TARDIS, like it's bigger on the inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the, you know, creator executive guys said it would be sure interesting if pokeballs existed in real life and we haven't imagined that but in terms of what's inside the pokeball it's a space that's incredibly comfortable for pokemon so comfortable that they want to enter the pokeball without any sort of outside encouragement what's actually in there is something we would like for people to sort of imagine on their own in terms of whether humans can enter the pokeball or not it's called a pokeball so probably not i think it's just for pokemon yeah. <laughs> I like how definitive he is. I think it's just for Pokemon because that was my follow-up question right. is could I tr- like is I mean could you imagine growing up if we'd had Pokeballs called like we would have spent like half our time getting trapped in the other person's Pokeball. Right. Or not have been are, good. are you kidding? Like I would have like lit half of my Pokemon on fire. <laughs> it's probably best that we did not have Pokemon. It's probably probably best. All right. Well, that's 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 so much more than enough of that. Um, I'm glad you're enjoying it, though, Dylan. I'm, that, yeah. It's a lot. Cole, why don't you tell me about Stitch? Like, are we talking Stitch. like, is he like like the, the adorable alien? No, it's actually a, a cross-stitching like mobile game. Um, it's interesting. So, like, I do not I'm gonna know be how just, to... I'm going to stop you for just a second, Cole, because, mm-hmm. like, I will be completely honest. When I said, is it, like, the alien, you're like, oh, no, it's like a cross-stitching mobile game. Like, that could have just been you being a dick, but I think you're actually nope. serious. Yeah. I am. I'm so serious. <laughs> All right. Please um, continue. 
I don't know how to describe it. Like, basically, you are trying to complete cross stitches, and you have it's it's all uh, it's all in quadrants, and each quadrant will have like a number in it, and you have to from that number, or it has to contain that number. So if there's a four, when you you know swipe on it, you have to get four quadrants. Um, if and then you have to figure out which way it can go. Is it going to be up, down? Is it going to be like stretch, you know, kind of thing? Because it can be up to, I think I've had ones that were like 11. And, you know, it could just be like a really long one on the inside or, you know, something like that. And so it's basically like a puzzle cross-stitch game. Um, I downloaded it because I wasn't going to have internet for like two hours and didn't want to be bored. And it's actually kind of interesting. Um, I don't like... The best I can like describe it is I is like I don't know Minesweeper cross stitch. <laughs> like he, I, I I just want to throw out there that you're no longer allowed to make fun of my genealogy hobby when you're playing cross stitch video games on your cell phone. <laughs> I played it like, for two hours because I was in a hospital. I'm like, I I'm just saying it's, how, it's how many hours have you put into genealogy? Oh, hundreds, hundreds, yeah. hundreds. But uh, it's off the table. I mean, it, call. it's basically a puzzle game. Um. It's, uh, I played, I, I did like, I don't know, there's like 84 puzzles. I did like 34 of them. I didn't go into any of the hard ones because they're really yeah. big. And I was just like, I'll do the small ones. And it, uh, it got me through like two, two, three hours. And it was kind of interesting. Yeah, um, sounds fun. It was something that I didn't need a controller for. So, <laughs> you know, you back um, I want one so bad. Uh, like. I, I figure they're a little bit more portable than like just an Xbox controller with the yeah, yeah. thing to hold the phone in. Yeah, but absolutely. Uh, I've got one sitting on my desk. It's not mine. I I need to give it back to to Rich. Just say you lost it and give it to me. He'll never I, know. <laughs> he listened to this podcast, Colby. He'll never. He'll know. never know. <laughs> that would be funny if you actually did lose it. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot! Now I need to like take a trip and give it back to him like right now. Uh, um, he's over at Disney Springs right now. Maybe I can find him. Yeah, I uh, so yeah, I played that a little bit. I also played a crossword puzzle game. I have no idea what it's called, but it's just like little mini crossword puzzles that like you can do. And when I have a little bit of time, I can just do you know crossword puzzles. Uh, but uh, then I played Eastward because it has been on my steam wishlist for a long time now and i've never bought it and i saw that it came to game pass and i'm like oh i really want to play eastward it's interesting (laughs) i'm gonna go question mark first of all like i don't know i was like okay i'll I'll try this then i'm like oh it's a 20 hour game (laughs) it's it's fun but it's also the something about it feels off because there's like parts where it's like, Oh yeah, it's like a kind of, I don't know, link game where you're, you know, like an overhead thing, you're attacking bad guys like that kind of, you know, like kind of action RPG. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. you do that for like 15 minutes. And then there's a half hour of talking to people in a village and hmm. just doing that stuff. And like that stuff is so it's so broken up weirdly. Like, I mean, you don't actually like, I think go into combat for the first time for 
I don't know, 20 minutes kind of thing. You're just talking to people in town. Um, and then, you know, like you literally like, Oh, I killed like three things. It's like, okay, go to this other place. And like, Oh, I got to go home and rest. Like, it's like, but I was just getting into the combat and it's like, mm, but wouldn't you rather go home and rest? I'm like, no, no, I would not. Um, it, it has a very weird flow to it. Um, mm. and, and so like, parts of it i'm like oh this is really like like the combat feels good and like the puzzles are kind of good but i don't want to talk to people in the town and have dinner with some lady and talk to her and it's just it's it's a very strange how it plays out hmm. um i won't say it's bad and like normally i'm kind of down for those kind of games but like i don't know there's just something about it that like I'm getting kind of bored of it. I'm like five hours into it and I'm like kind of bored with this. I, I don't necessarily want to keep doing this. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, I really thought that I would enjoy it and I really like the look of it. It's a very like, I don't know, interesting looking, you know, kind yeah. of 16 bit ish, you know, game, but I don't know. Imagine if in cross code, like you would, you know, go and do, five minute battles and then have to go back to town and talk to everyone and see what they were feeling about <laughs> the day. Yeah. Um, it actually like what it reminds me of is kind of um, Stardew Valley. Yeah. Um, so take all of the like farming out of Stardew Valley and then go and do like six levels of the uh cave or what, what where is it that you oh, went yeah, to do the, the battle yeah. do like six levels of that but then having to go back and talk to everyone in town and that's kind of what it feels like like there's no Weird. there's the flow of it is just completely off for me and i i like i want to do more combat but like you do combat and then you you know it seems like you go to a new place and it's a lot of just like walking around talking to people you know, learning about things. And I'm like, well, this doesn't feel good. Hmm, that's too bad. So, I was, I was, I really wanted to try it, but between that and like a 20 hour game, that may be a, give it a, a try for me and see if, cause I mean, it may just be like, I've, I've been having a real hard time finding video games that I'm like, Ooh, I want to play this, you know, considering my games were a crossword, you know, or a, a, a crossword <laughs> puzzle and a cross stitch game. Like I have not found a game where I'm like, oh, this is awesome. I'm getting yeah. sucked into this game. It's been mostly me going like playing 15 minutes of a game and going, eh, I don't yeah. want to do this. So, I mean, it, it could just be me, you know, being stupid about it, but I don't know. Give it a try because it may vary for you, but I don't know. It's free, I guess. What do I have to lose? Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> Let's see. I played. So I finally got. uh Game Pass working on my Steam Deck, which has been kind of nice. Yeah. The funny thing is, I don't know if I actually changed anything or if it just started working. I'm not really sure which. I kind of went back through and, like, kind of, like, followed the instructions again and felt like I kind of updated some stuff and it just started working. So either I did something or it did something. I'm, I'm not really sure sure which. Uh, but it started working. So I've been able to, to play uh, xCloud games on my Steam Deck, which has been kind of nice. I've been doing a little bit of that. Um, I also played a little bit of Rocket League, which 
I don't know. I started like reading Reddit again, and I'm in the the Rocket League subreddit, and so I just see people like talking about Rocket League all the time. I'm like, man, I'd like to play some Rocket League, and except for the fact that like queuing for games took forever, um, hmm. like a bunch bunch of people have been complaining about it too. It sounds like maybe there's like been some server problems too. But like I'm like I just want to queue for like casual three v three, and they're like, yeah, sure, might take ten minutes. I'm like, but why? That, that's longer <laughs> than the the match will last. Yeah. Um, but besides that, like, it was so fun. Like I, it was, it was really nice to just get back in and like scratch that itch a little bit. I played, uh, I played a little bit on my PC and then I played a little bit on my Steam Deck and it actually works pretty well on the Steam Deck. Like it, it's, it's a little weird because of kind of like where your, your like shoulder buttons are and stuff. Like I don't, I don't think it's the optimal place to play Rocket League, but it was fun. Um, but like playing on my PC was a lot of fun. I really, really enjoyed that. So not like not a ton. I played for maybe, maybe 45 minutes. So it was a good time. Um, most of my time has been spent playing Pentiment, which is that game we talked about last week. Um, that's a, like, like I said, it's made by Obsidian and it's set in a like church book from the 19 or 1550s. Um, I beat, uh, like I said, it's kind of a murder mystery divided into acts. So I beat the first act, and I don't know. It's kind of interesting because, like, I don't, I don't know if I accused the right person of murder, but I certainly <laughs> accused somebody of murder. Um, and then in the second act, again, I accused somebody of murder, and and things happened. Um, and then it's interesting. You go the person you play as for the first two acts. Um, you play as a completely different person. Um, it's like. The third act set maybe, oh, 18 years after the second act, 20 years after the second act, and you're playing as a girl from the village that you, the, 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 you were in in the first two. So it's it's different. Um, you know, like I said, it's it's just kind of a, like a, it's a narrative game. Um, I told Colby, uh, like, I, like, I don't understand how this game got made. Um, and I think you said that they, Obsidian really came out and said, like, it only exists because Game Pass exists. Like that, they would not have been able to like get the funding or the distribution for it any other way, except because we can put it on Game Pass. Um, and Obsidian obviously is owned by by Xbox, so they have you know probably a little bit into that. But you know, I'm I don't know, maybe probably t- twelve hours into it, and it's supposed to be like a like thirteen to sixteen hour game, and I'm really enjoying it. Um, like you have to kind of like those kind of narrative where you're just going about around talking to a bunch of people game, but it's, it's fun. So I have seen it compared to, um, oh, what was the Calvary one? Uh, the like funny one you beat, I beat. Mm, No, not, I mean, I, well, like same type of kind of thing. From maybe a not gameplay like, perspective, yeah, yeah, like that game was that one had that one has a lot more puzzle solving than the one than than this one does. Um, what the hell is that lot, game called? <laughs> uh, Procession to Cavalry. Yes, Procession yeah. to Cavalry. Um, that one had a lot more puzzle solving than this one does. Ah, I, think, yeah. I think I've solved exactly one puzzle in this game, and it, it actually was kind of weird because I'm like, when did this become a game with puzzles? Any um, naked men wrestling? <sighs> Have there been naked men wrestling? No, I don't believe so. I don't. Is believe Jesus so. in the game? Um, 
metaphorically <laughs> yeah i mean like they is he a magician <laughs> he is not a magician um it, it is actually kind of an interesting game because it is set very much in a the town you're in is it's it, like in bavaria so like you know somewhere in germany essentially um, i love their chocolates or donuts i love their donuts the, yeah. the cream that goes inside the their donuts cream that think. goes inside their donuts um but it's set in an area that was um like like what they what the the current town people call pagans lived there and then it was um kind of re um populated by the romans so there's like a there's like an aqueduct that runs through the middle of town and um you learn that like a lot of the the current things were built on top of roman ruins like reusing bricks from roman ruins to build the abbey and stuff but now it's a very like strictly christian town that has a uh, like, you know, has an abbey, has a, like, a, a convent in it. Um, but it's interesting because, like, everyone in those times was so religious and because kind of it takes place inside, like, a church book, essentially. Like, every single person you talk to is, like, you know, like, when you leave, it's not like, all right, see ya. It's like, and may God bless your journey to this other place in town. I'm like, I'm just I'm just going home to go to bed. It's not, <laughs> like, I don't, I don't, okay, cool, thanks. Um, but e- even even more so, like, I think it's interesting because all of the, uh, none of it's voiced. Um, it's all just done via text. And in fact, the game actually doesn't even really have music um, and very little sound effects. Like the difference between playing it with sound on and the difference playing without sound on is you don't hear the writing um, when <laughs> when you know, people are talking. Um, but very much like actual like books where they you know wrote stuff in it like that. Um, they they when they write um god or the lord or anything they actually write that in red ink just like they do in in actual like church books um and depending on who you're talking to there's different calligraphy too like i they they've moved forward enough in the world that there's a printing press in town now and so the 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 guy who runs the printing press and his daughter both talk in a different font because their font is a printing press font mm-hmm. um whereas like normal people talk in kind of like a a more like it's a it's a it's a, like a calligraphy font but it's not super super fancy but all of the like church people talk in very fancy calligraphy like old english fonts um and i noticed when i was playing on my pc because i played in my xbox last week but i noticed when i was playing on my pc that when they write you can actually see the the text go from like a wet ink to it dry and then you can actually like see it spread out into like the paper um, it's a really cool effect that I, I'm sure there is someone who like, oh yeah, I spent like 15 days making that cool effect. And like, you don't even notice it if you're not like sitting right next yeah. to your monitor, but it's, it's pretty cool. Um, like I said, overall, it's just a, it's a really interesting game that is <clears throat> kind of unique. Um, like I've never played another game really exactly. Well, I've never played another game exactly like it, but I've never played another game even kind of like in the same genre even really um but i'm really enjoying it i think i'll probably probably wrap it up this week um based on kind of where i'm at so pentiment it's a game pass game give it give it a go that's what i'm gonna say uh dylan can you help me actually no we need to do patreon but i need to take a drink of this drink first just kidding Thank you for covering for me. Uh, Patreon, thank you to all of our wonderful patrons. You, too, can become a Patreon by going to patreon.com slash bite me podcast. We have one 
Shoot, I don't remember what our tiers are anymore. One, three, ten, and hundred and ten dollar tiers. Hundred and ten dollars gets you a commercial on this here podcast. You could we could be rambling about I don't know, like what 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 would what do you think someone might want to sponsor on this podcast? Like um Joe Bob's Meat Emporium? I'd take ooh. Joe Bob and his Meat Emporium. Yeah. Yeah, um, meat sticks. Oh, it'd be great. I mean, I don't I don't really you guys would have to try them, um, and like I'll just I'll just ask you questions about them, and then uh, you guys could give your honest opinion of Joe Bob's meat sticks. Me, how it tastes in three words. Yeah, exactly. It'd be perfect. Uh, anyway, our uh, ten dollar patrons, we shout them out every episode because they are fantastic and they help keep this uh, podcast free for. I mean, pretty much everyone else, which is great. Uh, those wonderful people are Alan Schulte, Joe Cole Jr., Mr. Anonymous. He's kind of like Mr. Mime. He has mm-hmm. to be a Mr., I think. Uh, but maybe not. Maybe he's a Mrs. Mr. or Mrs. Anonymous. Uh, and Rich Deacon. Thank you for uh, supporting this podcast. Again, you can go to patreon.com slash bite me podcast if you would like to do it as well. Now, Dylan, can you help me? News. News, news, news. Uh, Microsoft announced today that they will be raising first-party game prices to $60. Sorry, they're raising prices to $60 20 years ago. No, they are raising first-party game prices to $70. Uh, I had a... If you live in Florida, um, you have two people come to your house constantly, and one are people trying to uh, sell you soft water, um, which I think is actually pretty common. I think everyone gets soft water salesmen, but the other per- people you get are people trying to sell you solar. And I had solar uh, folk today and uh, mentioned something about video games. He's like, oh my gosh, did you hear that Xbox is raising their prices to $70? I'm like, yeah. He's like, but I don't think, like, he was, you know, he put a lot of thought into it. He's like, I don't think that it's actually because they want to charge $70 for games. I think it's because they want to get more people to subscribe to Game Pass. And I'm like, thank you, yep. Mr. <laughs> Intuitive <laughs> Solar Salesman for giving me something to talk about on the podcast. So, yeah, I think I think that makes sense to me. Um I mean, if if you're gonna buy a game next year, you may as well. I mean, like seventy bucks now—that's what four months, almost five months of Game Pass. If you're buying two first-party games next year, like I mean, two first-party games next year is within ten dollars of paying for. Well, no, not quite. It's within how much is Game Pass now? Ten bucks. Yeah. So, I mean, Jesus, like, if you do the math on that, because I, I pay 15 because I have, like, Game Pass Ultimate, Ultimate. But if you're just doing regular Game Pass, one video game is more than six months worth yeah. of stuff now. Like, you may as well, if you're going to buy two, you may as well buy Game Pass because you're going to get a bunch of games free, really. So, and, and next year looks really, really good for Game Pass. Like, a bunch of games got kind of punted a little bit this year, and I think they're all going to hit in 2023. So, now's probably the time to subscribe or maybe maybe a month or two from now is the time to subscribe but yeah i don't think i don't think a lot of people are going to be paying 70 dollars for for xbox games like actually paying 70 dollars for xbox games but but maybe i don't know would i barely buy 60 dollar games would you buy a 70 dollar game um i mean i would yeah i mean it'd be the price of GTA is not going to change me from buying it or not. Like I'm going to buy it. 
regardless. If they made a hundred dollars, I'm probably gonna buy it. Like, <laughs> don't say that but, out loud, Dylan. Jesus. But I'm not gonna buy Call of Duty either way. Like, no. so it. Would I buy Call of Duty on a really good sale if it happens to be really fun? Apparently, like everyone's like, "Oh, this, oh, this multiplayer hasn't been like this since Modern Warfare 2. And be like, "Okay, I'm trusting you. I'll get it on a sale." <laughs> like it might happen, but I don't know. Certain games, yeah, it's like now. So this is specifically their first party games. Yeah, Xbox first party games. Yeah, I mean, so that means that like Star. Starfield is that Starfield, right? is that yeah. Starfield? Starfield would be seventy. Um, I, I'm sure like Forza Six will be seventy. Yeah, I think that's coming out next year. I, I I'm drawing a blank right now, of course, on like first party games coming out next year. But right. It's, I just it, it's kind of interesting. I get like are most of those games worth it? Probably. Are there some people that like? There's people that just play Forza, right? And for them, yep. they're just going to buy Forza or yep. like or the new sports game, right? Like that's just yep. what they play. So yeah. But do you quickly get your value out of Game Pass if you play a lot of a lot of these games? Absolutely. Yeah. Um Yeah. I I I don't like. I don't hate this. Like, I didn't really hate it when PlayStation did it either. To be honest, like, games have been sixty dollars for. A, a long, long time. time. Like I don't. I don't know exactly I how long. I think it was like 360 era, right? Probably. Like I, I want to say so. games were. I think when I worked retail, games were still yeah. fifty. Because like forty nine. Original OG Xbox was still fifty bucks. I think, but it, it was, wasn't. I think it was the 360 era that bumped to sixty yeah. bucks. And so I mean, we're talking a long three time. generations now, yeah. like. You know, yeah, it's it's, I, a, it's I, inevitable, right? Like, I can't, I can't argue with that. I really can't. Uh, let's see, uh, Callisto Protocol. Um, <laughs> man, how's it doing? Whew, these folks had a bad week. Um, so Callisto Protocol, it's the new kind of dead spacey horror game. Um, like people have been really excited about it because I guess they wanted to see them like ground to pieces every time they die. Um, Yeah. Not, not my cup of tea, but whatever. Um, I feel kind of bad because like there's, there's like two parts of the story is one is that apparently the game's not very good. Um, Like, like from a just strict like gameplay standpoint, like it's not like the level design is real basic. Um, Apparently it looks gorgeous. Um, but like people are just saying it's not super fun to play like apparently the there's like a dodge mechanic that's kind of kind of lame the melee combat's kind of lame but on PC specifically the biggest problem they've had is that apparently it has a terrible stuttering problem like every time like anything happens the game like the frame rates will just tank um and so it's led to like the steam release of it having like a you know just like it's it's getting fives um it's you know like on steam it's uh like mostly negative reviews um it's just you know it didn't matter if you had a like 4090 apparently it was just running like garbage and according to the the guy in charge the problem 
really stemmed down to what he says is a, quote, damn clerical error. Um, according to them, they patched the wrong file when they launched the game. <laughs> and like in, in their defense, a patch to, that fixed the problem came out almost immediately. So you like kind of think that maybe they're telling the truth, but it sounds like someone just was in a rush at the very end, patched the, you know, released the game with the wrong patch. And that was unfortunately like the day zero version of the game. And so it sounds like a game that maybe would have been kind of successful with like maybe sevens or eights got just tanked because the, the the release of it was so poor that now it's getting like fours and fives so like man for a game that was like gonna be the last big game of of 2022 it did not it did not work um, apparently the only place that it actually worked pretty well was on the ps5 um and apparently that's only because Sony lent them 150 PlayStation developers from, um, like Sony has that that like extra studio that's in Santa Monica that isn't Sony Santa Monica. And all they do is like, they're like, they're kind of like top gun coders who just like go in and fix things when they need things fixed. Um, and so they, they, they lent them, I'm sure they, paid for 150 coders <laughs> from PlayStation. And that's apparently the only reason the PS5 version actually mostly works. <laughs> so cluster protocol, little, little bit of a bummer launch is, uh, let's see. Uh, okay. So Microsoft trying to buy Activision Blizzard going, Mostly poorly, I think, at this point. Um, we'll see. Uh, so, an opinion piece came out uh, by Microsoft President and Vice Chairman Brad Smith, um, in which he had this quote, and this quote is so weird. Um, Sony has emerged as the loudest objector. It's ex as excited about this deal as Blockbuster was with the rise of Netflix. So, no, no. Microsoft is saying they are Netflix in Sony is in a, you know, essentially blockbuster he says to think about how much better it is to stream a movie from your couch than to drive to blockbuster. We want to bring that same sort of innovation to the video game industry. So Microsoft's like, we're innovative. We're doing cool things like don't block this because Sony says you could, because of course they don't want us to, because they want to keep doing the same thing all over. You know, they want to do the same thing over and over and over again. We want to be innovative. Um, but then they came back and said, but it should be noted that we remain in third place in console gaming, stuck behind Sony's dominant PlayStation and the Nintendo Switch. So they're they're both the like super innovative Netflix, but they're also like, I don't know, VHS tapes. <laughs> I don't know. I I want this to happen. Like even even though my heart of hearts, I know it is a bad decision. <laughs> like, even though I know that like creating corporate monopolies is a bad thing, I want it to happen purely for selfish reasons because I want to be able to get cheap games from Game Pass. Does that make me a bad person? No. Yeah. <sighs> anyway, um, I, I mean, I guess there is a part of me that can say too that it it, it seems that. 
game companies that live under the Microsoft umbrella are well taken care of and get to do interesting, innovative things. So, like, that that's my pitch. Interesting. The opposite of Activision. <laughs> the exact opposite of Activision Blizzard. Um, plus, I, I really do believe that Microsoft maybe has the power to, like, turn that skidding shit show around and, like, maybe... Maybe make that a slightly better company. Maybe. I, I, we'll see. Um, anyway, that continues to be the weirdest thing that Microsoft is doing where they they have to like run this line of like, hey, we do cool things and everyone wants to be a part of us, but also we're losers. Big, <laughs> fat, stupid losers. <laughs> uh, they are, interestingly enough, though, losers that now have 300 new QA workers that are uh, unionized under the ZeniMax studio. So uh, studios, let's see. Uh, the workers formed a union called the community, or they formed a union with the Communication Workers of America, um, just like Raven Software and Blizzard Albany did. But this is 300 people. Like those other two studios were both like 19 folks trying to like <laughs> put together a little union. Uh, 300 people is actually pretty big. Um, and I believe it was, uh, if not a unanimous vote, it was very, very, very close. Um, apparently Microsoft actually like behaved themselves during this. It wasn't Activision Blizzard where they're constantly trying to undermine it. Um, the, the union president actually came out and said, you know, they, they remain neutral throughout the entire process. Let the workers decide for themselves. Um, it's good news. I think anytime we get more unionized folks inside the video game industry, the better off we are because working in the video game industry appears to suck most of the time. Um, I mean... Working also sucks most of the time, but mm. working in the video game industry appears to suck a worse. lot of the time. I mean, it could be worse, though. I guess at least I've never heard anyone at Microsoft converting a bunch of empty offices to bedrooms for their employees like they did at Twitter <laughs> over the weekend. So <laughs> could could be worse, I guess. Um, it could be... If, if my boss ever said, like, I mean, I work at home, so, like, my bedroom is actually at my office. But, like, if I worked at an office and my boss was just like, hey, this is your bedroom now, like, I, I would be like, it would be like one of those cartoons where I just leave a hole in the wall and there's just a cliff-shaped cloud of dust behind me. So, so when you were working 20 hours at uh, that one place, would you have preferred that they just gave you a bedroom, though? <sighs> I mean, I guess the thing is, is like from a mental health standpoint, yes, it probably would have been better if I just slept at work. From a continuing to be married standpoint, it was probably important that I came home occasionally during that month. <laughs> so like it's a it's a double-edged sword. Really what I wish, Colby, is that I'd had the whatever to just say like no i'm not doing this this is so dumb <laughs> like find someone else to do this and then quit you, you can hire two people to do this job like it doesn't have to just, just be just be me <laughs> uh, yeah anyway it was not uh, i've learned a lot since then call i've learned a lot since then uh finally um did, did did you guys look at to see which uh nope okay so haven't looked at the docket. Did you look, Dylan? No. Okay. So we'll we'll play a, a quick game of twenty questions. But if you don't get it quick, we'll probably 
probably just you know, is it bigger it. than I, a bread box? I won't make you tell the the exact game engine. I will let you choose. Uh, I'll, I'll let you pick the the right maybe genre of video game. So this is a what? Lord of the Rings game. Uh, it was uh-huh. for the PS. What, what kind of Lord of the Rings? Game? Right. Yeah. yeah. So it's a, a Lord of the Rings game. Um, came out on the PlayStation Two. Um, he says that. Uh, yeah, let's see. It's called Lord of the Rings: The Return of the King. It is a a beat 'em up. And he said that the a good game. Okay, so Dylan has played this game even. Yeah. Um, he said Lord of the Rings is about large areas and then sort of a castle at the end or something, a fortress. What's that like? So, so what kind of video game engine did they use to make this Lord of the Rings beat em up? Hmm. I don't know. It is bigger than like, a bread box. The Contra one. <laughs> no, because that would make sense to beat em up. I promise you that it is not the, it is not the engine you think. <laughs> the Madden one. You're really, really close. <laughs> FIFA, still very, very, very close. You're you're in the right area. NBA Jam or too NBA. too small. Think bigger. Big outdoor areas where you start off one place, you go to somewhere else, and there's a castle at the end. Mario? No. <laughs> I mean, yes, Mario. but also no. <laughs> PS2 games. So it's 3D. Um. So sports game sports game bigger than football or soccer correct that leaves Uh, golf it is (laughs) so the lord of the rings return of the king game was used the tiger woods golf engine in order to build it they said that they spent a year so the guy who did the cluster protocol um worked on this game and he did like a QA and he's like, and someone asked why don't video games developers make their own engines anymore? Like why does everyone use unreal or, you know, frostbite or, or that. And he's like, it just takes too damn long. Like no one's got the time for that. Cyberpunk. Yeah, exactly. Um, he's like, it just, it takes too long. He said uh, that we were making this return of the King game. We spent a year making the engine and they're like, uh, no, you need to be done now. And so they, they like looked at the assets that the company had. They're like, oh, I mean, it makes sense. Like, you know, the Tiger Woods engine where you, you know, you go through a bunch of stuff and then at the end there's a, a thing like, you know, you, you golf a bunch and there's a hole. And he's like, this is like, you punch a bunch of guys and there's a castle at the end. So it all made sense. They I used don't the, think that actually makes any sense. <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, it it worked apparently um, and he said that it, it kind of actually came full circle uh, in that the next Tiger Woods game uh, when you hit the ball there's like a puff of smoke and they used um, some tech that they did to make explosions in the Lord of the Rings game to do the puff of <laughs> like the little poof when you hit the uh, the ball so I, I, I think the thing is I think you would be shocked to find like so the Frostbite engine which is EA's engine makes all of their games. Everything, yeah. <laughs> so it makes Madden and it makes Mass Effect. Sometimes Which those... is why Mass Effect is so great, always. <laughs> Sometimes Never those things problems aren't... with, say, like, facial animations. <laughs> I I absolutely adore the fact that engines are just like, they're like, I don't know, make whatever you want out of it, it'll be fine. <laughs> I enjoy that all this and Telltale still had an engine that didn't have gravity coded into it. <laughs> Um, I, <laughs> I don't I'm, know. I mean, I guess it, it, they were both EA games. 
I think so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I get, like, you just look around at, like, what's available to you, and you're like, I guess. Tiger Woods. (laughs) Right? Um, But, yeah, I actually very much enjoyed those Lord of the Rings games. They were were solid. That's funny. I I like it. it, I played it a lot, actually. I got it for my birthday. (laughs) I've never played a Lord of the Rings game, I don't think. Um, I, yeah. I remember like downloading the MMO one time and then by the yeah. time like I downloaded, I'm like, no, nah, I'm bored now. <laughs> I mean, it was, it was your standard like movie tie in 3d yeah. action, beat em up. Um, it was pretty solid. Um, as far as that kind of game goes. Um, yeah. 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 I, yeah. I, yeah. Good. Nothing wrong with that. Good. All, right. All right. Questions. Monotone screaming wants to know. Do you think that uh, he says automatic map generation was a good thing to introduce into games? I think what he means is like uh, like dynamic. Uh, what do they call that? Um, Procedural procedurally generated, generated. Yeah, yeah, like proc gen maps. Like, is that a good idea or a bad idea? And I mean, like to say that it's new is not true. Like we've been like Diablo two had proc gen you yeah. know levels. Um, what do you think? Do you think like? Do you think procedurally generated stuff is is ultimately good or ultimately bad or ultimately neither? Neutral. It's I mean, like, it could be good, good in games. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it does allow you to have a game that could, in theory, be, like, endless, right? So that yeah. that is a good thing. Um, are there drawbacks to it? Absolutely. Like, anytime something is random, like, it can be a bad experience, right? Yeah. So, I mean... To, to me, the worst problem with, like, proc-gen stuff is, like, first of all, like, a lot of proc-gen stuff I'm only going to play once, so who cares? Um, but I think also it's made it so, like, 50% of all indie games are now <laughs> procedurally generated roguelikes. And, like, there's nothing wrong with that. But also I don't really li- like... There are a lot of games that I really enjoy that I wish I didn't have to play. Like I, I, I loved Dead Cells, but I don't want to play Dead Cells as a rogue. Like I would actually just like Dead Cells to exist as a game. Like I think Dead Cells would have been a super fun Metroidvania instead of being <laughs> like a proc gen, um, you know, roguelike. Um, I think kind of the same thing about um, was it Children? No, Children of Mara. Children. Morta. 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 Yeah. Like, I love that world. Oh, I love that game. Yeah, I really, really, really liked that game. I liked how it told stories. I liked so much about it, but I didn't really, really want to play it as a roguelike. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, yeah. that, that to me is the downside. And I think you see a lot of that, like, the... It's kind of a a cop-out in some cases, right? Like, And I get it. Like, it's a budget thing. It's, a, it's way easier to make a... 20 hour proc gen game than it is to make well it's really way easier to sell a 20 hour roguelike proc gen game than it is to sell a four hour like linear game so like yeah. I, I get it like i absolutely get it but yeah well i was just like looking at a, a game on steam or whatever and one of the reviews were like this game's absolutely not worth the 20 dollar price tag gets way too short and i'm like mm. It, exactly right like the the added value of a game that has endless levels right it's uh-huh. like it's kind of almost something you have to do to stop that yeah. um however i i mean i i totally agree with what you're saying and i would compare it to the uh an opinion that i've stated numerous times in in variation like 
considering like a massive like when we were talking about the massive multiplayer game the other yeah. day when if you had like 200 plus players the thing is you don't notice you don't you can't actually tell me that you were yeah. playing against 200 people the same way that you're never gonna experience infinity levels like it's just yeah, yeah, yeah. at some point it doesn't you actually won't you would play the same level twice and you wouldn't be able to tell me that you played it again right, right. so um as so the the downside being it is an excuse to have mediocre level design instead of like tailoring um really good levels and making a a game that you play through and experience and yeah ultimately yeah it's probably a good thing to have the technology um but yeah bad thing being i think it it does it's not going to be memorable the same way that like I can still kind of close my eyes and imagine some of those Call of Duty maps from the initial um, multiplayer games. Like, they were so... I thought they were just so well-designed. Same with, like, Halo maps. Um, yep. Like, though, even though, yeah, it's multiplayer game, which, I mean, goes the same for this. Like, you can... I mean, a map's a map, right? Yep. Um, those maps are so iconic that I, if I play a game that has, I don't know, random levels um, or like like a rogue style game that they're they're not it's weird to call like yes the random chambers are placed in some map order right you're those aren't memorable in any way um the game's fun um like they're still like you can remember oh i had that really cool run where i had this cool weapon or whatever but it has nothing to do with really the level um the boss might be a cool design um, but how you get to the boss doesn't really matter. Like, yeah. it'd be just as interesting to have a cool level with random enemies or something. Yeah. Um, I, I think there's, there's different ways to twist it. Um, I don't know. No, I think that's exactly true. And it's like it's like a, a game like, like I said, uh, any of those games, but like Hades. Like, I loved Hades. I loved the story yeah. of Hades. I loved how story. I loved how it presented stuff. But like Hades for me would have been way more fun if instead of there being five levels there'd been 10 levels or 12 levels they'd all been really well designed versions of the levels you procedurally played through it could have told the story in the same way like i don't even necessarily (coughs) mind that if it killed you a bunch of times i just don't want to have to play the same level again like i would have been absolutely fine if you know like to progress you have to make it past the boss but then you never have to make it past that boss again like um, I would have been fine if it had been procedural or, or uh, roguelike to the point of where I, you know, started over and that used that to tell the story, but then I got to skip to the next place. Like, I think the thing is, is all of these games have a magical reason why you can die and come back. Like, they all have an excuse as to why the roguelike aspect of it works. Um, so there's literally no reason why there couldn't also be a reason why you didn't have to do it again. Um, And maybe give people the option. If you really want to grind those levels over and over and over again for extra loot, extra stuff, extra whatever, cool, go for it. But if you don't, like, don't make me do it. And I think that's the the worst part about just proc gen levels. Yeah. I'd add, since you brought up Hades, I do want to add something to that because the thing I really liked about Hades, though, is... um, 
how at the end of an area you had a choice of like two doors yeah go through like i think that's a really interesting idea that you could kind of create a similar thing where you do have design levels but you have a choice like do i want to go to the fire biome or do i want to go to the water one like i think that could be a cool way to twist where uh, Cliff knows that Cliff's really good at the fire levels. Yep. So if one pops up, he goes there. But man, he really knows that when he goes to the water level, he has a hard time. So I think you could create an interesting kind of a similar feel while still keeping kind of more true to a... You know what the level coming up is, but it could be different depending on... Yeah. It's not quite as like oh, these chambers sprawl around in some random order that's just generated and could be longer or shorter or this or that, um, and you don't really know what you're getting versus something that's kind of in between. It's it's tailored, but um, still does have a little bit of variation. I think that could be an interesting twist that might be more, I don't know, I don't know, could be a better compromise, I guess. Yep. Absolutely agreed. Absolutely agreed. Uh, question. Prime fan uh, asked this question. I told him that he needed to start asking our opinion of games we'd actually played. Uh, but he said he didn't know which games we played, so he was gonna he was gonna make me answer this anyways. Have any of you guys familiar with Metal Hellsinger? I remember I that name because it came up the other day. Oh, good. Cole, or tell I me tell me your thoughts something. on Metal Hellsinger. Seems interesting. It's like a a rhythm first person shooter. Yeah. So you like shoot um, on the rhythm. Right. It sounded like a yeah. Um, uh, rhythm game. That's what I remembered it, about uh, it. It seemed interesting. Um, it's on Game Pass. Oh, I is it? Might play it at some point. Yeah. Oh, see now, now I actually I've, feel I've bad heard, because I've I- heard on PC it's it's kind of hard because it, you have to get the um, you have to like set it so the timing's right. And I've heard on sure. PC that is a lot harder than it is on consoles. Um, and if it isn't set right, it makes the game really not great. Interesting. So. I, f- I feel bad uh, saying that then because if it's a Game Pass game, it's absolutely a game I could have played and I, I have not. Yeah. So um, I remember it coming out and thinking, oh, that sounds kind of interesting, but I did not realize it was on Game Pass. So uh, maybe I'll check it out. We'll, we'll check back in. Uh, Brooke wants to know what is your favorite non-weapon based attack? So so this doesn't you can't you can't use a gun. You can't use, you know, a bomb. What what's your favorite what's your favorite non weapon based attack in a in a video game? Her her example I think was uh in Sea of Thieves where you can throw up in a bucket and then throw it at your enemies. Mm. Mm. I enjoyed throwing up in people's beer glasses. So I think you could do that. Ew. Ew. Seems like that we did that when we first played it. Does, I don't know. does seem does seem like a possibility. There's a lot of puking in that game so when we first played it. In that game. <laughs> <laughs> Give people the option; they will always they will always choose that. I don't I don't know. I'm gonna I can't say non weapons based one. I'm gonna say the melee attacks in Destiny, where you're just punching someone. But um, it, I guess that isn't a weapons based attack. Yeah. Um, only because I think it's the only game I've ever thought that the melee felt like really, really good. Um, like I, I very much enjoyed that game. Just like shooting someone until they were almost dead, running out of bullets, and then just going from punching them. Yeah. Um, Cyberpunk, if you put points into melee and then that got the gorilla arms, was actually really fun. Uh, there, there's like a the boxing. gorilla arms. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. 
there's a boxing um like quest and you you're like the final boxing one i just could not beat and so i went and looked and they're like oh yeah you just you just uh put a couple points into like melee and then get the gorilla arms cyber thing and i'm like oh okay and like literally beat him in like two punches (laughs) and so i kept that because like you could walk up to just like normal bad guys and punch them and their head would just explode (laughs) so that was fun what's what's the the netflix show where the guy is like half gorilla um umbrella academy (laughs) oh it's good what about you dylan what's your favorite non non gun non bomb weapon or attack kind of like just jumping on a goomba's head heck yeah (laughs) it's just gone nothing wrong Uh, with that it it's just it's classic um, I was trying to think of a game where you just like bear hugged someone in t- until they just like squish. You just like, yeah, like popped them. I I know it exists in a game somewhere. Uh, I don't know. There's there's some good stuff there. I think. Um, do you, Do you think that at the end of the day, Mario had to go home and just like clean Goomba off his oh, shoe? For He's like, sure. yes. Those things look juicy, right? See, that's the movie I want. Right there, it's like <laughs> the M the M rated Mario movie. It's a me, a PTSD. Yeah, <laughs> just murdering poor uh, uh, little Goombas all day. Like, <laughs> I like it. So, what what are what's your what's your favorite gun in the game? Then, if we're, what, what's what's the opposite answer? What's your favorite thing to shoot people with? Something with sniper rifles. Yeah. I always like doing that. So so yesterday, I'm playing Minecraft with my kid. And uh, we're playing a mod called Bed Wars. And what it is, is you have a bed that you've got to protect. And they're trying to break your bed, which breaks it, you know, completely. And then they've got to kill you, which means you have nowhere to respawn. If they, you know, if they kill you, you just respawn at your bed. So they have to break the bed and then kill you. And I'm way better at video games than she is. And so, like, I have to just kind of sit back and occasionally let her win. But uh, I was trying to let her win, but I had a bow and arrow and, like, could see her from across the map running across this bridge. And just was, like, just literally put the... She's far enough away that I'm having to, like, I don't know, correct for gravity. (laughs) And so I put it, like, six inches above her head and shoot. And I see it hit her and knock her off the bridge and kill her. (laughs) You monster. I'm like, I'm I'm so... I didn't mean to do that. Like, that was just me just literally just like, I think I can do that. And I shot and just like, bink, right off the bridge. (laughs) So anytime you can do stuff like that with, like, long range, I greatly enjoy. Love that. Love that. I, I'm trying to remember what the name of the gun was, but there was like a like in Unreal Tournament, there was like the BFG of Unreal Tournament. It was always really fun because you could get it and literally just the the levels in like Quake and Doom tended to be pretty corridory. Um, and what made Unreal Tournament different than that is some of them were really big and like wide, wide open. open. And so you could literally just shoot this BFG gun, like just fire a shot off into the thing. And, and you'd see like these like tendrils of like plasma reach out and just goes like <laughs> and fry people. Yeah. Colby and I and my friend Mitch played Unreal Tournament until like four o'clock in the morning one time on New Year's, probably New Year's 2000. 
one, maybe, maybe, maybe 99, 2001. Um, and just had the most fun playing it. And I don't know if I've ever played it again, like before then or since. <laughs> Good stuff. Uh, D- Dylan, did you tell us your favorite gun? Um, I really enjoy a lot of the weapons from Turok. Um, Dinosaur Hunter on the N64. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember between like, was it? I don't want to get it wrong, but one of them, like, basically, like, kind of would like freeze the enemy, and then they would explode into little bits. Oh, that's um, fun. It was pretty extreme. Um, but overall, the guns were pretty interesting, especially for like that was a long time ago. Like that was. Yeah, yeah. Um, early on in the history of like shooting video games, um, and it had some interesting um, designs for weapons and a crazy premise for a game in general. Um, but I, like, I, I, based I, on a comic book, I don't, I don't even know. I, I think Turok is a comic book. I, I love the fact that you have like a soft place in your heart for Turok too, because like I never played it, but I just remember going like, "What dinosaur? Huh?" Um, yeah. it, 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 it makes me very happy that you really like Turok. Yeah. Well, I think being under the age of appropriate to play that game at the time. Um, yeah. But, like, I think being a small kid at the time, like, you kind of have a fascination with dinosaurs. Like, dinosaurs are really Oh, yeah, cool. yeah, that makes sense. So, like, a game where you get guns and dinosaurs, um, and it also had big head mode, um, which <laughs> big head mode is always amazing, right? Um I think it's just it kind of hit the right buttons at that time. Yeah. It, was, it was so cool, and I happened to have it. I don't know why. I my I mean, my brother was a little bit older, um, and had more of those cool kind of games. I think that's probably why we had it. And then one of my good friends, they were they were really into it too, um, for the reason of guns and dinosaurs. Um, <laughs> so between that and Turok Two, um, and I think there was one other one. I can't remember what it was called. I think there's three Turok games on N64. Um. <laughs> it's great, man. I love it. Love it. All right, let's talk uh, cheap free games for a moment. Uh, speaking of games with great weapons, uh, Saints Row 4 Reelected is free on the Epic Store. That is a game that has a dubstep gun. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Remember dubstep? <laughs> is, is dubstep still a thing? Like, I, I'm not... Probably. I'm not really, like tuned into i just don't think it's it's is you know it, like yeah it's definitely not anymore. as hot as it was right, i i will never 10 or 12 years ago probably I, I will never forget the first time that i was reading like i think it was like the, like who's up for a grammy this this year and they're like skrillex i'm like what's a skrillex um and they're like he's like this this king of dubstep and i'm like okay like all, what's dubstep? What's dubstep? And so I like went on Spotify and like listened to his his music, and I'm like, is this just like a modem connecting? Am I am I officially too old? I think I'm too old. I just just did not did not get it. Anyway, the the dubstep gun is pretty fun though, uh, and the reelected I believe is the one that comes with like all the DLC. Like I think that's the the like expansion for Saints Row. Um. Great game, too. Like, Saints Row 4 is very good. Uh, the other game is Wildcat Machine Gun. It is a bullet-held demon... Oh, I'm sorry, a bullet-held dungeon crawler where you take on hordes of disgusting flesh beasts with a wide variety of guns, giant mech robots, and cute kittens. 
as you do. Uh, Game Pass, uh, a couple of these are already out. Uh, Eastward is out already. Colby's played it. Um, I have. The Walking Dead, the final season, Cloud Console on PC is out as well. Eastward is also Cloud Console on PC. Uh, and then Totally Reliable Delivery Service came to PC. Um, that game, we played it on the the Xbox. And it was like, it was like a, it's like a, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like one of those games where the physics is really bad and you have to like do things. Um, <laughs> like, I don't know, it's like co-op, but yeah. like whatever. And I remember we, I loaded it up. I'm like, just try to it. hear it's, it's all right. And, and we were playing it four player split screen. Um, and like five minutes in, everyone's like, this game is so dumb. Why are we playing this? And then like 10 minutes in, everyone's like, Oh my gosh, there's an airplane you can fly. And then like three hours later, we're just like, we had a great time playing it. So I don't know exactly how it would be on PC. I don't know if there's like online multiplayer, um, but it's definitely a game to play with friends. So, you know, grab grab the Xbox version and play it with your friends. Uh, let's see, Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker Saga. That is the new lego game that comes with um everything yeah like movies one through nine um it is also uh the last 60 dollar video game i purchased so you know thank you game pass <laughs> um i played it a little bit it was kind of buggy oddly enough i should i should give it another try because i love lego games but I, I just remember it being kind of weird uh coming to cloud console and pc uh, Hello Neighbor 2, coming to Cloud Console and PC December 6th. That is a day one game. It is a stealth horror game about uncovering your creepy neighbor's secrets. Um, the first one was weird and bad, as I recall. But somehow, they've turned Hello Neighbor into like this huge franchise where there's like a TV show and books and <laughs> all sorts of stuff. So maybe this one's better. Uh, Chained Echoes. <clears throat> it comes to Cloud Console and PC December 8th. Uh, another day one game. Um, I'm actually not sure what this is. The description says the three kingdoms have been fighting for centuries. Peace seems to be no option, which is a weird sentence. And yet a magical weapon of mass destruction leads to a fragile one. One which won't last. Prepare yourself for an adventure in a world full of wonders, magic, mechs, charming characters, airships, and vicious foes. We'll be able to make peace everlasting with your heroes. So I I don't even know what kind of game that is, but maybe it's great. Could be. Mm, okay, uh, here, December 8th, Metal Hellsinger. So apparently I'm not missing out on Metal Hellsinger yet. It just doesn't come out for another couple of days. Uh, no, it's out. I don't know. It says right here, Metal Hellsinger, Xbox One, December 8th. So one person is wrong. It, it's me or someone else. It looks like it's already out on PC, maybe. Is that a possibility that maybe it was released I, on PC earlier? I don't I don't look at PC things, but like I swear it's on my to playlist. Oh uh, oh no no, here we go. So previously released on cloud PC and Xbox Series X. So this is the Xbox One version. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> so I'm like, I I'm pretty sure that It's a rhythm demon game. Uh, yeah. High on Life, coming to Cloud Console on PC December 13th. This is another uh, day one game. This is from the dude who makes uh, Rick and Morty. Um, Justin Roiland, he voices. Yep. You, you will be able to shoot a gun <laughs> that sounds exactly like all of his characters. All of the voices will sound like either Rick or Morty. <laughs> that's, that's what Justin Roiland can do. It's kind of like, uh, what's his name from Family Guy? They yeah. all sound like Seth MacFarlane, oddly. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. This game looks just 
funny. Um, I'm very excited to uh, play it. The, the first time I saw a knife just going like, yeah, yeah, stick me in him, stick me in him. I was I was all in on this game. Uh, Potion Craft comes to console PC on December 13th. It is an alchemist simulator where you physically interact with your tools and ingredients to brew potions. That sounds... All right, maybe it could be okay. Uh, Hot Wheels Unleashed Game of the Year Edition comes to Cloud Console and PC on December 15th. That game I've heard is just fantastic. So hopefully we can all play that on the 15th. I mean, there's no reason we can't. Uh, Rainbow Billy, The Curse of the Leviathan comes out uh, Cloud Console and PC December 15th as well. It is a wholesome creature capture 2.5D adventure puzzle platformer with over 30 hours of gameplay. It looks really, really fun, but I am not into 30 hours of gameplay on that game. Uh, but it looks good. Definitely looks good. Uh, PlayStation Plus will confirm what we said last week. Uh, Mass Effect Legendary Edition, Biomutant, and Divine Knockout are the games coming to PlayStation Plus this month. We They were rumored last month. Uh, Humble Bundle, you can go and get the Premier VR Bundle for $25. You can get After the Fall, Cosmonious High, Vox Machina, Arizona Sunshine, which I've heard is terrific, um, Doom VFR, which I heard is interesting um, and like a very interesting way to play Doom. Uh, Cave Digger 2 Cave Harder. No, I'm sorry. Cave Digger 2 Dig Harder. Dig Harder. And Bean Stalker. So for 25 bucks, you can get uh, seven uh, pretty good looking uh, VR games. Uh, anything else, guys? Do you want to talk about birds more, or. More about I Pokemon, do. you know? More about. Po- <laughs> no, I don't want to talk more about Pokemon, Dylan. He's Pokemon out. He's, his brain is. I just can't. There's too boiling. many. There's too many ethical and moral dilemmas involved in Pokemon. It's true. It's, I will not deny that. Just, just don't think about it. Just too much. <laughs> All right, we're Bite Me Podcast. You can find out more about us at bitemepodcast.com. You can follow us on social media at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram.com slash Bite Me Podcast. You can become a Patreon of our delightful podcast at Patreon.com slash Bite Me Podcast. You can join our Discord and come shout at us um, nicely at uh, bitemepodcast.com slash Discord. And you can join or uh, donate to I, I don't know if I join our Extra Life team right now. That that would not make a whole lot of sense. But I guess, I mean, if you really want to, like, fundraise your butt off for, the, like, the next 25 days, cool, join. Uh, but you can also donate at bitemepodcast.com slash Extra Life. Help us get a little extra scratch before the end of the year. Dylan. Bite me. Bite me. Bite me. Bite me.